Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin' fantasy channels? Happy Saturday. What's going on? What's For those of on? you who indulge in college football, enjoy your Sunday Saturday. Yeah. I do not do that. I tried. I tried for two weeks. <sighs> I feel like it would be easier if like Highlights. we had a college team yeah. to root for. What am I gonna root for BC UMass? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Disgusting. Um I well see I like Alabama. Of course you do. You also like the Cowboys in the New England Patriots. Okay. I was born in New England. I was blessed with that team. Okay. Okay, but you weren't born in Alabama or Dallas. Dallas was not by choice. I like see, I'm your rival because I I always liked LSU. Well second. A little bit. You know, I'll agree with you. I liked LSU too. I thought they got robbed. Yeah. Many times for the national championship back when they didn't do the play in system. Exactly. Uh, but anyway. They blow now, though. Oh, yeah. Right now, DJ Ugal. Ugal. I can't even say his freaking name. It's a good thing about college football, though. You can blow for a year, and then next, the next year you're undefeated. Check one, two. Check. I thought I lost our audio system. It's probably because we were talking about college football. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Um, anyway, all right. So, welcome to Fantasy Jimmy's Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Um, today, we're going to talk about some trade targets in the NFL, not in college football, um, and do our best in that department. Uh, before we do that, check our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, FF Chance, Fantasy Champions. Type the name in, you'll find us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. And then if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for noties, and then like and comment down below um, any questions you have about trades this week. You know, we'll grade you. Yeah. Trade. Grade yo trade. Your trade was an F. Yeah, Go get it vetoed. Blows, bro. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah, people send me trades, and I'm like, "Wow, that's a bad trade for the other guy." <laughs> a, what home league are you in, and can I join? That's legit. Anytime I talk to anyone about fantasy football, that's exactly my thoughts. But I'm like, our our league used to stink. Our home league, like five years ago, it was like garbage. Yeah, I mean, and now it's like thing. actually really good. Like never one of the won. best I've seen. I've never won, but I'll tell you this. Frick me. Tell us that. You got a you got a shot this year, maybe. I have a shot every year. Can't, yeah. I can't close. I can't finish. Not a good closer. Hey, you're, you're like LeBron before he went to Miami. So what you're saying is I gotta build the super team and Yeah. Live in no, you you need my help. I'll be D Wade. Okay. We'll joint we'll joint. Coach we have a joint team. league, and look what's happening in that. We're probably going to be running the table, like ten and one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's jump into our trade targets for Week Seven. Um, we'll start off with the number one guy, and he's back on this list. It shouldn't be a very long conversation, but it's Javante Williams. And I put him on this list because I wanted to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> more, more specifically, uh, he played on Thursday night. 
He did. And he was good. He's so good. I don't understand why they don't. It's clear that he is better than Melvin Gordon. He was um, so good that he had four carries. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Um, he had four good carries, four hella good carries. And then uh, Melvin Gordon only had eight carries, so it wasn't like he out-carried him a lot. Um, but he mm-hmm. had 18 yards on his four carries. So so um, we had we had four carries for Javante and 20 yards and 18 yards for Melvin Gordon for double the carries. I don't know about you, but that's... It's not good. No, it's not. But what I did notice in this game is Javante was out there for a lot of pass-catching downs. He had six catches in the game so far on the season. He's had three catches, three catches, three catches, three catches, six catches. He's on pace for 48 catches on the year. That's uh, that's actually pretty good. With half the work. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I like he. That's Why was he used as like the receiving back this week though? I can't I don't know. And he really didn't get too much work in the first half. He had a couple of really good like snaps, but he didn't really get a whole ton of work. Mm-hmm. Later in the game in the last two drives of the game, they put him out there for like a majority of the snaps. They were they were losing in yeah. in passing plays. If but it's like what took you that long? To- no. If he's a pass catching back, that's a good thing. But he ended with 14 fantasy points this week. Um so I don't know if that's a sign of the times or a sign of things to come, but that's the most fantasy points he's ever had against a tough run defense. I don't know. Is it I time? Mean, is it time? Is it, is it time for Javante to finally do this? It I saw. I was be, reading an article but... and I saw him on a on a sell low or sell list. Why? Don't sell him. Golly, people. People. Don't see, I keep I keep seeing this all over Twitter and. A lot of the fantasy football people, they're like, Javante is just not going to happen this year. We like Javante going forward. Next year, he's going to be a uh, first or second round pick and redraft. Like, yeah. We love him going forward. We love him dynasty, but don't make he's not going to be a thing this year. And I don't really agree with that because people said the exact same thing, though, and I keep going back to this, but J.K. Dobbins last year, yeah. it took him 10 weeks before he just stayed, he got in. Yeah. I mean, if we get past 10, 12, 13 weeks, maybe we can start thinking about him not being right. Yeah. But like, just you didn't draft Javante Williams expecting him to be uh, a top one. 10 running back. Yeah. By week six, seven, like it's, it, that wasn't the goal. It was, he's going to be the guy in the back in the second half of the season, the back end of the season, he's going to be the guy I'm going to, we both said the bye week in week 11 seems like mm-hmm. a reasonable spot. Um, I would like to hope it's earlier than that, but if he's still not the guy after the bye, then yeah. I mean, it's obviously probably not going to happen this year, but right. yeah. I mean, at the very least, it doesn't even have to be the guy, but just switch his touches mm-hmm. like with Melvin Gordon. You know what I think? Carries. So like have, have Javante be getting 60% of the work and then Melvin getting 40%. I think that would even just be good enough for Javante Williams to start every week as an RB2. I think the thing in the conversation that needs to be had about Javante Williams is the expectations of what people think he's going to do. And I think a lot of people think... Excuse me. uh, A lot of people think that he is... He's going to like all of a sudden take over this role and he's going to get 70-80% of the work. And... That Melvin Gordon's is going to be relegated to basically, you know, the third string Royce Freeman role three years ago. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's not going to happen. 
And so once you accept that reality, if the role flips and Javante is getting the pass catching work that he's been getting on top of getting like 10 carries a game, he's going to end up with 15, 16 touches. And at that point with his efficiency and the way he plays, you're talking about 14 to 16 fantasy points per game, which is a very Uh good high end flex option. So I think the expectation of what we think he's going to be, he's highly tradable or trade for like you can, yep. he, I was going to say trade forable, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but he, you can trade for him and, and it won't cost you the boatload of, you know, fantasy assets that it would to get another running back, like maybe a Josh Jacobs in the same tier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like Javante Williams is a good buy. He has that, Really easy schedule we keep talking about at the end of the season. And I think after the bye week, they're going to sit back and assess some things. And the other thing, too, is Melvin Gordon's an old man. He's always had games where he's gotten hurt. And I'm not saying he's going to get hurt and Javante's going to come in and steal a job from him and never look back. I'm saying that down the second, you know, in the second half of the season, down the stretch in a 17-game season, a younger guy like Javante Williams has a better shot of holding up than a guy like Melvin Gordon. And I think they're going to start handing the ball off. It's the same thing happened to Mark Ingram last year. Mark Ingram is an old man. And when you get to the second half of that season, he can't perform the same way he did early in the season. He just doesn't have the juice anymore. And I I think Melvin Gordon's got a little bit more juice and a little more gas left in the tank uh, as opposed to Mark Ingram. But I think that he's still older and he's still going to lose a little bit at the end of the year. And they're going to go with the young guy because the young guy's got all the, you know, all this um, energy and, 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 and lack of injury built up, you know, for yeah. the second half of the season because he's younger. So I think, I think that's what's going to happen with Javante. And I think a lot of people giving up on him now is kind of, are kind of, you know, morons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head I and mean, we'll see how it goes, but. I like. I got, I like hope, I got hope for Javante. I got hope. I like hammering things. It's fun. Kind of weird, but yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, number two is Keenan Allen. Love myself some Keenan Allen. Traded Mike Williams for Keenan Allen. That's such a brick. I don't know why I did that. It was a dynasty league, which still doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I did that. Uh, that actually kind of makes less sense because he's like three years younger. <laughs> that is fair, but I do feel like Mike Williams is just like he's gonna like tear his ACL two straight years or something stupid like that. This is Mike Williams things. Um. So anyway, Keenan Allen is a buy for several reasons. I'll let Rick go over some more, but I was gonna bring up the injury situation. So Mike Mike Williams has been dealing with somewhat of an injury. I can't remember if his knee or shoulder. Can't remember. But anyway, um. Yeah, I don't know. Over the last couple of weeks, though, he's been dealing with some form of an injury. And I, I kind of, after the 18-18 and 29 to start the season, I was kind it of was like, like uh, at some point, this guy's got to come down to earth. Right, yeah. As Washington, Dallas, Kansas City on the season have been giving up fantasy points to the wide receiver's position pretty handily. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, you see Raiders, Baltimore, Cleveland. Cleveland has a good week. They give up a lot of fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Las Vegas... Baltimore been good against wide receivers. What did they do? One in three against Mike Williams. Um, obviously, this is he's on a... Okay, all right. I thought I was in the starts and sit show. My brain was just turning to mush. <laughs> I was like, oh, so anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's on a bye week this week, and then he has New England, Philly, Minnesota. All have been, you know, good against the wide receiver position. 
Um, and so it's like when you look at Mike Williams, I think at some point it shifted to him being the wide receiver one. I think NFL teams are shifting their number one corners over to that side. Keenan Allen's being left open in the slot. And Keenan's been getting the same target share. So there's one of two things that could happen. A, Mike Williams gets hurt because that's what Mike Williams does a majority of the time. Um, and B, I just don't think that down the stretch of this, you know, down the stretch here, he's going to be able to keep up this monstrous pace that he's been on um, as the wide receiver for this season. So I would definitely trade for Keenan Allen because of those things. Yeah, I think the one you, you touched on pretty much everything, but the one thing I'll also mention that I think is important with Keenan Allen, yeah, um, is he only has one touchdown this year compared to Mike Williams, who has six. Uh, I don't think that's going to continue. Keenan Allen's going to start putting up games where he gets touchdowns and he's going to turn those 11, 12, 13 point weeks into 20 point weeks and uh, really show that he's still an elite wide receiver. Cause he's, he's been okay anyway this year. Like mm-hmm. he, he's not, he just hasn't put up any big games. Like his biggest game was 15 points. So he he's hitting the floor in a lot of games. He's not going underneath it, but he's just hasn't had any monster games. And once he starts scoring touchdowns, he will, and it'll be too late to acquire him, but you can get him as a cheap, player right now yeah i agree um number three is dallas goddard dallas has been good this year this yeah. might take a buy well, high well i know somebody in our league uh, i wouldn't say he's been good that mm, yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> whoops um i thought he had like tight end four numbers or something like that no. nope I mean, the tight ends have been so bad. I think he probably was like a top five tight end after week four against the Chiefs. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so he had a week, uh, twelve point week, fourteen point week, and then seven, which I think is like mediocre for the tight end position. Um, and then he had a bad week against San Fran, and then went out against Carolina, had a bad game. I think he missed most mm-hmm. of that game because he got injured. Um, and then he did miss some of that game. Say it again. I believe he did miss some of that team, but still. And then he missed uh, the game against Tampa Bay. This week he's going up against the Raiders, and in the coming weeks and down the stretch, he has an easy schedule. I look at Goddard right now, and I feel like mainly the big reasons why he's on this list is because not really what he's done so far this year, which is does make him a buy-low candidate, mm-hmm. um, but it all it's the fact that they just traded Zacherts. So Dallas Goddard's hurt, doesn't play. Zach Ertz goes out, has a relatively good game for them. Um, and then the very next day, they trade him away to the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Um, and they that that's them doubling down on Dallas Goddard. And in an offense where, you know, generally speaking, they have thrown it to the tight ends a lot. Um, I feel like the numbers that, like, Zach Ertz was getting five to six targets per game. Dallas Goddard was getting five to six targets per game. If you combine those two totals, that might be eight to 10 targets a game for this one guy. So I think Goddard's going to be a really, really heavily targeted like player. And I think it's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to take, you know, after this trade, it's going to take a couple of games to, you know, feel out how they're going to deal with one tight end on the field instead of the 12 personnel that they were running before. But and I don't know if they continue running twelve personnel without the two tight ends. But now they can just feed Dallas Goddard instead of feeding both Ertz and Goddard. And so I think that's why it makes him a really good trade, at, you know, guy. And you can go mm-hmm. out to the team and probably get him for pretty cheap at the tight end position. Yeah, this opens up a lot of stuff for Dallas Goddard. Um, he hasn't been great this year, but he has been kind of sharing the targets right. with Zach Ertz, like you said. 
and with Ertz gone, yeah, that offense is uh, uses tight ends a lot. So you would expect him to get a lot of targets and play well. And he's got a pretty good schedule coming up uh, as well. I think it's just a lot of good things. He hasn't played well anyway. So the person who owns Dallas Goddard is probably willing to trade him for a bag mm. of sand at this point. <laughs> so just get him cheap, put him on your bench. You might have to start him this week, depending on who your tight ends were. Cause mm. there's a couple of tight ends on buys. Um, so yeah, I mean, get him cheap and uh, watch him play at least decent. Like I think without Ertz, you know, the Eagles still kind of stink. So I don't know mm-hmm. if he's capped off of being like, is he going to be a top 10 tight end? And will he be top five? Like, where is he going to finish? I don't know, but he's going to be better than what he's been. Right. And um, if you don't have, he's a tight at least going to have all, more targets. If you don't have a tight end at all, it's kind of a good buy because you have, the, yes. you know, the ability to at least get somebody who is probably going to finish in the top seven. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think the other thing too that I was I was just looking up, uh, Zach Ertz had two receiving touchdowns this year as well, um, mm-hmm. in different games from when Dallas Goddard has his. So I think mm-hmm. if you give, you know, two more touchdowns to Goddard, I think that changes some of his fantasy weeks from bad to good. Um, and that's a lot. That's the case with a lot of tight ends, I think. But so I think I think Dallas Goddard in the second half of the season is is definitely going to have a lot. And we're not even at that second half. We're still in the first, but. Um, right. I think he's going to have a really good second half of the season between the schedule and getting a lot more opportunity. Um, it should be good. It should mean good things for Dallas Goddard. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's going to be the key. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, all right, Rick, we got Calvin Ridley on this list. Trade target for week seven. Uh, tell me a little bit more about C Rids. Oh, I, I love, I love this one because Calvin Ridley, a lot of people like yourself, even before the show is like, Oh, he hasn't been good this year. Um, a lot of people think he's been a bust and everything like that, but you know, he's been fine. He's kind of like what Stefan Diggs was um, seven points in the first week, which wasn't it's great. Fine, eight targets. Fantasy, bro. No, 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 but hold on. I'll get there. He, then he had 15.8, 10, 11 and half PPR. So like he's been okay. Yeah. He's missed two games and then they also had a buy. So he's missed mm. three straight weeks. So it feels like he's been like struggling and out of it, but he's just been missing time. He's back this weekend against Miami. Um, you know, he only has one touchdown on the season. Like this is Calvin Ridley. We're talking about, um, that's going to go up. The last time we saw Calvin Ridley play, he had 13 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's due for, I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next week or what, but he's due for a game where he just gets 20 fantasy points. Yeah. Um, he's a good buy low candidate because he's hasn't performed like a top wide receiver yet. He still is one. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and like Rick said before the show, like, obviously I knew about his, um, you know, what excused absence. Is that what we want to call it? Sure. But against the jets and then he had a bye week in week six. So it's like, you know, he hasn't been really around for two weeks to people, for people to even be like, okay. And the manager of the guy or the owner of the team that, you know, has him on their team. He looks at Calvin Ridley going, okay, you haven't done anything for me for the last two weeks, and it's something where you can hop out and get a wide receiver if you need one. Um, Like Rick said, he's been getting a heavy target share. The targets have not been great for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's starting to get old as dirt at this point. Um, But, yeah, no, I I think for Calvin Ridley, you know, he, he has the ability, especially when you look at, you know, he played a tough Philly defense, and then he had Tampa, Washington, New York, had 11, 10, 15. And he's been putting up those numbers. Nothing's really changed for Ridley. He just missed a week and had a bye week. 
and, and it's starting to make everyone think he's just gone and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing that Rick brought up that was a really, really great point is the fact that Calvin Ridley has only, he's only caught uh, one touchdown on the year. And yeah. Calvin Ridley literally last season had four touchdowns in the first two weeks of the season last year. Um, and he caught, I believe it was seven, 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's only caught one this year and he usually catches 10 to 12 touchdowns on a yearly basis. So that could either be the Falcons offense blowing, or that could be the fact that they just haven't gotten the ball to Ridley in the red zone enough. And, and that's something that they're going to switch. And, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley ends up catching more, but I would be, I would think it's safe to say that there's going to be a positive regression in the touchdown category for Calvin Ridley as the season goes along. Yeah. I could honestly see a game at some point this season where he gets like 13 targets, 10 catches, 130 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. And then everybody's like, Oh, Kevin Ridley, wide receiver one. And He's we're going to be like, well, back, baby, <laughs> we're like, yeah, oh, well, we told you to trade for him before that. <laughs> yeah, happened, so. exactly. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the next guy. Final guy, Chris Godwin. I wish mm. we had more running backs, but they're all dead. So yeah, running backs are dead. <laughs> so we're just gonna tell you to trade for some wide. Maybe it's because I need wide receivers on all my teams. Ah, uh, so you're just looking at the yeah, wide receivers. Just, available. I'm just looking at the wide receivers going on. This is good. Um, so Chris Godwin had a tough stretch here in the last couple weeks. Um, he had at the beginning of the season he was on fire. 19, 14, 16 had a really good mm-hmm. start, and then he had seven, ten, and six. Um, and he just wasn't, he wasn't getting targeted the same as he was in the first, even the first month of the season, he wasn't getting targeted all that much by Brady. I don't get it, but I think in the coming weeks, you have Chicago, you have Washington, you have New York, you have Indianapolis, you have a bye week obviously. And then, you know, New Orleans, but I think he can have some really, really good games down that stretch. What scares me a little bit about Chris Godwin is the stretch of the season where you go from week 13 to 17, where the playoffs are happening and you're trying to get into the playoffs, a lot of tough matchups in that stretch. So um, if anything, I trade for him now and then I trade him away later after he has a couple of really good games and people start sweating. But either way, I think Chris Godwin's going to get back to it. I think he's going to have some good games down the stretch and he's going to start catching more touchdowns. Hopefully Brady's been throwing so many touchdowns. And if he keeps on this pace, there's no way Chris Godwin stays out of that conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's for for sure. I mean, Chris Godwin's due for a big game. Um, he he only had five targets this past week too against the Eagles. I think another big thing is Antonio Brown, who had thirteen targets this past week, is out. Um, so I think this is a week where we see Chris Godwin gets his twenty fantasy point week, um, and then nobody's going to want to trade for him. So if you want a receiver who is good and um, probably like a wide receiver two on someone's team but you can get him cheaper now than you could. Chris Godwin's a perfect guy for that. Um, he, he is due. Like you said, the first two weeks of the season, he had two touchdowns since then has not had a touchdown since that's not going to happen. I mean, and I think it, this goes for all the Buccaneers receivers, um, but especially Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, like Brady just goes back and forth between those guys in week to week basis. Um, some weeks Mike Evans will get his 26 fantasy points. And then one week Chris Godwin will get his 20. So it's going to happen. They're both going to play well at some right. point. Um, it just switches off on weeks. And right now, Chris Godwin is the guy that's due. It's coming. I agree. There you go. Trade targets for week seven. Get yourself a little bit of Javante Williams, Keenan Allen, Dallas Goddard, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, 
get those guys on your team. Yeah. Easy, easy to do. Uh, hopefully you enjoy your Sunday. We'll enjoy ours. And good luck this weekend. Get a win. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.